Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Every couple of weeks, I'll have a thorough read-through of the submissions to the show. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I leave a link in the show notes for every episode for basically just an anonymous submission if you have questions or feedback. And I kind of noticed actually a theme coming up within the last couple of months. And it was something that I had never considered discussing on the podcast because to be honest, I'm pretty far out of that phase of life right now. But when I actually thought about it and considered some of the questions that were coming up and considered my experience and how impactful that was in different ways, I thought that it might actually be a worthwhile conversation to have. So as the name of this episode suggests, today we're going to be talking about university. And before I lose you, if either you're like me and you've been out of that phase for a while, or maybe you're not interested in university as a path in general, we are going to be covering a lot of themes that I think are applicable to so many different life situations. So things like loneliness and independence, making friends, experiencing mental health challenges for the first time, uncertainty about the future, all of which I think could apply regardless of your situation or life path. It just so happens that today we'll be talking about these themes in the context of university, but like I said, they very much could be applicable regardless of the situation. And when I was reflecting on why I actually wanted to talk about university. I think it's because my mentality leading up to and, you know, throughout university is that it's supposed to be this exciting, fun, transformative time, which, you know, I believe that it was for me. But there were so many things that I experienced when I was in that chapter that I felt very alone in feeling and in experiencing. And these are the things that I find are less spoken about. And I also felt like leading up to university, it was kind of just an expectation that that is what you did by the majority of influences in my life at the time. And any consideration of different paths was framed in such a way that I almost feared not going to university. And by the way, I'm certainly not here to say that university is a bad thing or not the right choice for certain folks. 
I don't regret by any means my time at university and there were a lot of really positive, great, exciting, fun things about university, but I think it's worth having conversations that shine a light on the fact that there are so many other options and opportunities that are really exciting and equally as valid as university. And I think that when you don't see yourself perhaps in something that is framed as like the ideal. So if you don't see yourself thriving in a university setting, but university is being framed as like the ideal life path or going to set you up for the most amount of success, then it can lead to, you know, that low self-worth or feelings of not being able to achieve certain levels of success. And I've spoken a lot with Jamie about this, who in fact didn't go to university and decided to take a slightly different path and has spoken to me about how, you know, despite being really sure of the choice that he made, grappling with feelings of inadequacy or inferiority in certain conversations with folks who had gone to university. And of course, this is only one example. I'm not saying that everyone who chooses something different than a university degree feels these things. But I just know that even from my experience being faced with the decision, you know, what are you going to do after high school? I certainly had sort of an internal hierarchy of what would gain me the most respect and success in the eyes of others. And that led me to fear, in a way, other options that maybe could have been interesting options for me. And like I said, I'm not here to say that I regret by any means or I'm not grateful for my experience because I am. And I think, as we'll discuss in this episode, it was a very valuable experience for me in many different ways. But as with anything, there are so many different angles that we can look at. The idea behind coffee chat style conversations is really to just explore a topic and kind of have a casual conversation as though we were going out for coffee together. So I always like to set the scene when we do these episodes of what I'm drinking on this coffee date. And today, not a new one for me, is the Harney and Sons Hot Cinnamon Spiced Tea. I have mentioned this on episodes before, but it's just like perfect for the fall and it's starting to cool down in Ontario where I live. So this has been kind of my go-to choice lately. So I kind of want to start from the beginning for myself and talk about the crossroads that many of us find ourselves at towards the end of high school or, you know, at any point in life when we're trying to decide essentially what we want to do with our future and more specifically with our career. Now, as I've reflected on this decision, I find it really interesting that there's an expectation that in my case, I believe, like I could be getting this wrong, but I believe that course selection and applications and whatnot were starting to be done in grade 11, which in my case, I believe I would have been like 15 or 16. So 
even if I'm wrong in saying that, and maybe it's in grade 12 that you start to apply, you do need to have somewhat of an idea of the general path you want to take early on in high school because certain programs, in fact, many programs require certain courses and then those courses have prerequisites. So you just need to make sure that you have all of your bases covered and essentially that you don't run out of time in high school to get all of those prerequisites. I think it's particularly challenging to know what the right decision is and to set yourself up for success when you are someone like me who is indecisive and you have people in every situation who know what they want to do in my case in high school that was actually a very small percentage of people who were always like I want to be a vet I want to be a doctor I want to be this I want to be that I would say that the majority of my friends were not in that category and you know, the reality of choosing a career, basically, at such a young age is you literally have no clue what the day-to-day reality of a career would be like in a given field. And in my case, you're only really exposed to the jobs that people in your immediate surroundings are doing and what that's like. And in my case, that was a lot of teachers And that wasn't something that I was really drawn towards. So I really didn't have any concept of what I wanted to do. And going back to the piece on indecisiveness, I found myself choosing between sort of an exercise science or physio route or something more mathy or businessy. But I had to make a choice at a certain point if I wanted to make sure I had all the right courses, etc. So... What ended up happening in my case, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, is that this decision that was really impactful for my future ended up just being a process of elimination, to be honest. I remember I got to a point where I realized I did not have the right science courses to apply to those types of programs. And so that kind of put those options out of the window unless I wanted to take an extra year of high school. And I knew I liked math and I had taken a couple of businessy courses that I didn't hate. <laughs> so I ended up through process of elimination applying to business programs. What I will say is that this ended up being a good choice for me specifically because it was very versatile. It didn't really pigeonhole me into one specific career path and generally has a lot of job opportunities. So I really don't regret that choice and like I said because of the way that I am I like to experiment I like to try different things I can't see myself in a really specific field at this point and I didn't see myself in a really specific field when I was making that decision so it did end up working well for me but I still have that reflection of just how big of a decision we're making at such a young age with very little information about what any of those paths actually look like. And then in addition to the decision of, you know, what field of study you're going to select, there is the question of where you're going to go. And again, unsurprisingly, I wasn't someone who had like a specific 
school in mind from a young age. I ended up just following in my older sister's footsteps. We were really close and I wanted to be near her and I liked visiting her at Ottawa. I really liked the city. So I just kind of set my sights on going there as well. And another factor that went into my decision to go to the university I ended up choosing to go to is I really had a very strong desire to get out of the bubble I had grown up in and kind of go somewhere where I would be able to restart and wouldn't know as many people because I grew up in southwestern Ontario and a lot of people kind of go to the same four or five schools and I didn't want to do that necessarily. I kind of wanted to go somewhere different and just restart and see what that was like. So that was a big driver for me, which as we'll discuss, had positives and negatives. The image that I had of university before going into it was that it was fun, that I was going to make a lot of friends, that it was going to be so exciting, that I was going to strike out and have my independence for the first time. And while that is true to some extent. One thing that I was not prepared for whatsoever was the initial shock and borderline anxiety that I felt of realizing that I was more or less alone. I will never forget when my parents, you know, pulled away from my residence that they dropped me off in and I just sat on my bed. Like I said, I didn't know anyone, although my sister went to the university that I chose. It just so happened that my first year was her exchange year, so she actually wasn't there. And it's something that for some reason feels a bit cringe to me to say, but honestly, university was by far one of the loneliest experiences in many, many ways. And that was something that I wasn't prepared for. It was a shock to me and I felt very vulnerable. It kind of felt like being, you know, in kindergarten again and just having to approach kids and make friends and just feeling very vulnerable and exposed. And besides the initial shock of loneliness, I felt an undercurrent of loneliness throughout the entire experience. I mean, part of me looks back and you know, asks, why did I feel so lonely? Like, why was that such a prominent theme? But the reality for me is up until that point, I had been so used to being surrounded by my family, by the same people at school, by teachers, by people all of the time. And while I was so excited to, you know, bust out and be independent, I just was not prepared for this feeling of being completely alone and not having that comfort of family and community anymore and having to kind of restart that. And I remember talking to a friend about this years later about this un kind of identifiable anxiety and loneliness that we may feel in environments like university or situations where we are going somewhere by ourselves, like solo travel, etc. And the person basically said it's like a bird out of its nest and it's completely understandable to feel a little bit destabilized when we 
aren't in those familiar, comfortable environments anymore. And I feel like I used to be quite hard on myself because again, these are experiences that I'm supposed to be really excited about and that I'm supposed to be having a good time and enjoying my independence, etc. But it just made me realize that there is so much value in community and connection and it can have such a powerful impact on the way we feel, the way we navigate life. And it became, as a result of feeling really lonely for a while there, it became a big driver in my life to be able to cultivate that same sense of community and friendship and connection. But I kind of had to feel that shock in order to understand how important it was to me. We won't be talking about this in this episode, but another time that I really experienced this profound loneliness in a situation where I was feeling like I was supposed to be really happy and excited was when I did solo travel. And I don't know, it's just one of those things that of course is transformational, of course is exciting and beautiful and is this incredible opportunity just like university is, but it is okay in those experiences to also appreciate that there are difficult emotions that come along with them, like uncertainty and loneliness and even anxiety. And I know that anytime I've really spent prolonged periods in unfamiliar environments and, you know, predominantly alone, like solo travel or university for the first year at least, I have felt this undertone of profound loneliness. And it's not something that I necessarily feel that I need to change, but it shows me that it's okay to crave the comfort of community and familiarity and that those things are very important to me. And it's not to say that I have to avoid those experiences where I'll be put in unfamiliar environments, you know, alone. It's just to say that that highlights to me how important it is for me to cultivate those community experiences and that feeling of connection and friendship regardless of my situation. It just makes me feel so much more comforted and at ease. And I would say that moving back to my hometown and being around my family for the first time in a really long time, or I should say living around my family. Of course, I've been around my family, but living in proximity to the people that I am closest to and having that support and that network to lean into it has highlighted again in my life just how important that is to me and how comforting it feels and that I don't always need to try to run away from that comfort or feel badly about myself for desiring that comfort and that connection. Which brings me to my next reflection and or theme for this episode, which is making friends particularly in university, but this could go for any scenario where you're making friends basically without knowing anyone. So if that's in a new city, when you're traveling, in a new job, etc. And again, I feel like the vulnerability and sort of the embarrassingness, I don't think that's a word, but you understand what I'm saying, the experience of trying to put yourself out there and make friends for me is one that 
despite the fact that I desire it, despite the fact that I tend to feel comfortable in social environments, I do find it quite hard at times and very vulnerable. And for whatever reason, I actually had quite a hard time with this in my first year. Now, there are so many different potential ways to look at why I didn't find myself in a friendship circle that I felt comfortable in or with people that I felt super comfortable in. But one of them actually is that the activities around which I was forming friendships were predominantly substance related, meaning like I wanted friends to party with. And it wasn't until a little bit later in university that I realized I didn't really have. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot of depth of connection with the friends I had made and that I was feeling that loneliness and that sense of isolation in some of those friendships because I didn't really feel like I was able to talk about deeper subjects or share things that I was struggling with. You know, it just felt 
Like a lot of the friends that I made in first year specifically were just kind of at the surface level, which is fine. I've said before, like there's value in that and I had fun with certain people, but I just found myself again being surrounded by people at certain points, but feeling quite lonely and wanting to have people to talk about this new experience and the challenges of it and the loneliness that I was feeling and some of the mental health things that I was starting to experience and relationship struggles, but not feeling like there was a place for that in any of the friendships that I cultivated in university or in early university, I should say. So yeah, I guess what I'm saying is my first year really sucked. It was really hard. I didn't really have any friends that I felt connected to and I was just having this experience of not feeling like I was fully enjoying something that I should be fully enjoying, if that makes sense. As time went on, luckily, I was able to find some really great people that I connected with, that I'm still connected with, and that is when the experience started to feel less lonely, less isolating, was when I started to connect with those people. But It coincided with sort of beginning to focus on different qualities to seek out in friendships, meaning I wasn't just looking for people to party with anymore. And I remember after first year, I made a conscious decision because I just felt so alone and I felt like a lot of my friendships were surface level. I made a conscious decision that I was going to cultivate deeper friendships with people, even if it was just one or two. I feel like in high school, my mentality was like quantity over quality. I wanted as big of a friendship circle as I could possibly get because I think I associated a sense of safety with having a bigger friendship circle and also just a sense of belonging and validity. Like the more friends you have, the better for whatever reason. I kind of just adopted that mindset. It wasn't until first year university when I had a decent circle of friends, but I felt completely disconnected that I began to shift this idea that I had about needing to have this massive friendship circle. And so from then on, I had a smaller circle of friends, but folks that I felt really connected to. We had a similar sense of humor. We could have those deeper conversations and we could still go out and have fun and party. But also within this friendship circle, when I started to get to a point, I would say around third or fourth year, when I actually wanted to move away from the level of partying that I was engaging in, having friends that were supportive of that and that didn't judge me for it and didn't pressure me. On the topic of substances and partying, again, I will never look back and be hard on myself for making the decisions that I did, for partying at the level of excess that I did, and you know, just understanding that I was experimenting and trying new things and enjoying this new sense of independence. But at the same time, there came a point, like I said, in university when I realized that 
my behaviors from a specifically alcohol perspective, my relationship with alcohol was starting to affect my mental health. And it was something that I had never really like consciously struggled with before was my mental health. I believe that there were things that I wasn't looking at or I wasn't aware of, but there came a certain point again around third or fourth year, which is when I also decided to stop drinking so much, when I really, really felt my mental health decline. There are a lot of different reasons for that, not just alcohol. Also, you know, I was working full-time at the time. I was doing basically a program where you alternate between work placements and school. So I remember when my mental health really started to decline was when I was in a job placement and I just was really not happy with the job or like my future. I felt very uncertain because I was coming to the end of my degree and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just felt like this huge dissonance between what I had studied and, you know, the career path that laid ahead of me and what I actually wanted, which I didn't even really know. I just felt like it wasn't that. So there were a number of factors. It wasn't just alcohol, but alcohol certainly amplified underlying anxiety that I was already having about these things and about relationships, etc. And so again, I don't really fault myself for going down that path and having that phase, but it just got to a point where I realized like this is such a normalized thing in university settings, at least in a lot of the settings that I was involved in, but it began to become clearer and clearer to me just how toxic the cycle that I was engaging in was to my own mental health. So basically where I was at was, like I said, I was doing a work placement, but again, this could apply to any type of schedule where Monday to Friday we were working and then we would look forward to Friday every single week. We would go out, get really drunk and then spend Saturday recovering in bed, feeling awful, having anxiety about what I said or did the previous night, doing that again Saturday night and then recovering Sunday and then repeating that cycle over and over again. And it's not surprising to me that my mental health went in the direction that it did but like I said it required me making a conscious choice because this is just such a normal thing in university at least again in the circles that I was in and I don't think that there's anything wrong with having fun and going out and I had so many good times but for where I was at in my life my relationship with alcohol began to become a catalyst for the decline of my mental health and what ended up being kind of a mental health crisis. I experienced a lot of anxiety for a number of years, kind of seemingly all at once. I was having panic attacks daily. And I guess the connection between this substance use and this conversation of university is that from my perspective, it is so embedded in the culture of university and in the routines. And I just didn't know any different. I know that there are plenty of people who didn't really engage 
in partying and drinking to that level of excess. And in fact, people in my circle, some of them didn't drink and many of them not at that level of excess. But I did feel that the predominant culture and, you know, my primary concern for a very long time was just to be cool. And I associated a certain level of coolness, especially in this environment, with partying, with drinking, with going out every single weekend. If you had ever suggested to me, though, that I had like an alcohol issue or that I was overdoing it with alcohol, I wouldn't have understood that or agreed because, again, that was just the norm at the time. But when I look back and also when I begin to make a decision to shift away from some of these behaviors, I realized the extent to which I relied on alcohol to have a good time, to go out and meet people, to feel confident, etc. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that this level of dependence on a substance doesn't, you know, necessarily mean like you physically feel like you need a glass of wine every single minute of every day. It can take on different forms and in my case, I would say socially, I was extremely dependent on alcohol and I would rarely, if not never, be in a social environment with my peers where I was not drinking and usually like very drunk. Before going any further, I just want to highlight that all of these themes that I've shared so far don't just apply to going to university or college or an educational institution. What I'm trying to articulate in this episode is that these are themes that I experienced in a chapter of life where I was experiencing newfound independence and this expectation that, you know, you're on your own now, like start your life, you're an adult. And the the excitement that that brings specifically with that independence, perhaps for the first time we're living away from home, being able to think independently, being able to act independently, having that autonomy for the first time, but also some of the challenges that come along with that and some of the loneliness that comes along with that and normalizing that. So, you know, I've kind of talked about some of the things I've struggled with, but I also want to share some of the things that were really positive for me during this time and some of the things that I gained from the experience of university and this newfound independence. At the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that something that was important to me when choosing where to go for university was getting out of the bubble that I grew up in. Now, for context, I grew up in a small town. The population was about 30,000. And although I didn't really realize it consciously at the time, I felt like I had this desire to expose myself to different perspectives, different options, different types of people. And that is one thing that I think, you know, whether it's university or solo travel or going to a new culture, that is one thing that I think is really positive and beneficial about changing your physical environment, at least in my case, that really 
benefited me, I would say even now, without really having the language or the understanding of why I was experiencing frustration towards the end of my high school experience, I can now look back and recognize that there are a lot of beliefs, a lot of belief systems about how life is, about the way things work, about how you have to live your life, how you have to do your job, the career path that is best, how to get the most success, you know, all of these things and these belief systems that I recognize now, I didn't feel excited about. I wasn't looking forward to. And when you grow up, I guess anywhere, but specifically in a small town, that's all you're really exposed to. And so the beauty of being able to move away from that is getting exposure to different opportunities, to different ways of thinking, to basically removing yourself from the environment where you learned all of these things and getting a new opportunity to say, okay, well, here's a couple of different options that you could choose. And you get to decide which one suits you moving forward. And I feel like so many people I know that have gone to university or gone to college or whatever it may be have spoken about how, you know, it's not necessarily the content of the education that seems to be the most impactful. Oftentimes, it's just the experience of being on your own for the first time and having to figure things out and having to think for yourself. And I think this is a really great opportunity, especially if you're feeling a little bit claustrophobic in the beliefs that you were raised on, to hit the reset button and to kind of broaden the opportunities for different ways that you could think. And to take this one step further, I think a really, really valuable, although of course very lonely experience for me also was going on an exchange. I I look back at that experience. So I went to France for a semester of school as being, again, a really, really valuable experience in being able to broaden my perspective, meet people from different cultures, you know, understand different ways of living and different ways of thinking. And I think that really set the tone for me to be able to just continue to open my mind and to remember that anytime I'm feeling like there's only one way of seeing things or doing things, that there are always so many different perspectives. All in all, I look back and I'm very grateful and I recognize how much I grew as an individual in my way of thinking, in my learning about other people, in my learning about the world as a result of my university experience. But just like anything, there are multiple sides to the conversation and I really haven't seen some of these themes be discussed quite as often in conversations about university and I find that when things aren't discussed as much, maybe we feel that much more isolated when we're having those experiences of loneliness or, you know, having a hard time making friends or feeling disconnected or isolated. And so I just wanted to make this episode to say that if you are experiencing those things, if you have experienced those things, whether it was in a university environment or a travel environment or any environment really, that it's okay. You're not alone. 
these experiences universally aren't one way for everyone. And there's nothing wrong with you if you have had those feelings in experiences that are framed as the most exciting opportunities of your life. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for this coffee chat. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. I am very grateful to each and every one of you for joining me in this episode every week, for showing up, for being here, for listening, and for any time you have any thoughts or feedback for sharing that with me. Again, the link for submissions is in the show notes for this episode and every episode, so feel free to drop any thoughts you have or any follow-up questions for a future episode. I read all of the submissions and I really enjoy reading them. So thanks for being here. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you in the next episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.